I don't know about you, but the first time I tried to drive was a complete disaster. My oldest brother, bless his soul, took me out and tried to teach me how to drive and it was going okay, I'm not gonna lie. I was more or less managing and I was staying a little bit calm, but then I had to make a right hand turn onto our street. Don't ask me, I have no clue what came over me, but what I can tell you is that I stopped within a dime of hitting a light pole. It was bad. My brother almost died, it was just horrible. We were both so freaked out and terrified after the fact, and we have never talked about it since. It was bad. So here's the thing, now I drive all the time. In fact, I quite enjoy driving, and I go, by myself or with my family, I drive for hours on end. I don't get tired of it. I can even drive a manual stick shift. So what made the difference? The difference is that I am now confident in my ability to drive. Then I wasn't. Today on Sincerely Speaking, I would love for us to have an open conversation about what is this thing that we call confidence and can confidence really be learned. Are you ready? Let's go. Communication. It's effective use is the key to success in business, relationships, and life. Yet, we're never taught to use communication in a way that is effective, productive, and positive. The result? Interactions that lead to overwhelm, stress, discontent, lack of motivation, poor relationships, and the feeling of not being fully heard. We're engaged in a permanent tug of war not the true flow of proper communication. Is there a way to fix this? Can the way we communicate truly be the key to achieving balance and success in all aspects of our life? Join me, Marcia Amaro, as we explore the answers to these and other communication, influence, connection, and success questions here on Sincerely Speaking. So what is confidence? I hear people say all the time, I want to be confident. I want to increase my confidence. I want my kids to be confident. I want to develop more confidence. But what are we really referring to when we talk about confidence? See, if we stop to really think about it, like the example with driving, we can be confident at some things and not at others. We can increase our confidence in doing certain things. I have a mentor that always mentions tying your shoes. Are you confident in tying your shoes? Well, of course you are, because you've only done it a couple of hundred thousand times, right? So you develop confidence in certain things and maybe not so much in others. So I think that when we're talking about confidence, we're not just referring to a feeling or a state of being that is permanent. Yes, some people carry themselves with more confidence than others, but is that also a learned habit or skill? Is that something that they have developed over time? And does it reflect in other areas of their lives? Meaning, do they act confidently regardless of what they're doing? Or are there areas in which they lack the confidence that they display typically? Those people that don't seem overly confident most of the time, are there times in which they do act confidently? Are there times in which they do project an air of confidence and certainty in what they do? 
because see, now we're getting more into the nitty gritty of things. What we often call confidence has more to do with certainty, with being clear on the fact that we can do certain things. And when we lack confidence is being clear on the fact that at least at the moment we cannot do certain things. So I think when we refer to confidence and we talk about being more confident and increasing our level of, of confidence, it's a, a, a bit of a misnomer. We're not really talking so much about confidence as we are talking about self-assurance. When we say things like, can I be more confident? Can I teach my kids to be confident? What we're talking about is that internal sense of belief and certainty that regardless of what we're facing, we can improve and we can learn and we can move forward, which of course is a skill that can be learned. Self-assurance or confidence, whether it is on a specific task that we have to perform, a specific thing that we want to do, or whether it is an overall sense of knowing for sure that we can figure things out, that we can step up to any challenge and rise to it, even if at first we're unsure, right? So that certainty, that assurance in our ability to learn new things, to grow, to step up to a challenge, to figure things out, those things can all be learned. So what I would love to do today is break down three areas that if we look at them and if we step into them, we can increase our level of self-assurance overall and our level of confidence in trying new things or in performing certain things that we might not be as confident or as certain about right now. Does that make sense? So what we're looking at here is two different things. We're looking at the overall sense of assurance and certainty in my ability to figure things out, do what needs to be done, and rise to the challenge, even if it takes a few tries or even if it takes uh, rec recruiting, right? Recruiting people to help me in the process or figuring other things out, right? So that's one thing, that's self-assurance. And confidence and the fact that whatever I, whatever task is before me, whatever it is that I am attempting to do, I can, with enough time, practice, and persistence, learn it to the point where I can do it without second-guessing myself and knowing that I can be effective in it, right? So whichever of the two definitions you're looking at, whichever one is most present for you right now, these three things that we're going to be looking at will help you move forward with more self-assurance and more confidence in whatever it is that is before you to do. So are you ready? The first one is this idea of competence. See, Marie Forleo says that clarity comes from engagement, not thought. And clarity brings that certainty and that competence. When we're talking about competence, we're talking about your ability to perform a certain task or your level of comfort in a certain skill. So how clear are you? How confident are you, right? How certain are you that you can perform what you need to perform or that you can do what you need to do? If we're talking about self-assurance, then competence becomes your certainty in the fact that you can learn anything and or figure out 
anything that needs to be done. We clear so far? So there are these things called the levels of competence, and there's four of them. And if we understand the levels of confidence, of competence, I'm sorry, we can move ourselves through them and see where we're at, see how far we need to go, and figure out how to get ourselves to the final level. So the first level of competence is unconscious incompetence. That's when you don't know what you don't know. And we are all there for certain things. I don't know what I don't know when it comes to, for example, playing any sport. I'm not athletic and I've said that before. But any sport that I would try to engage in or get into, I have no clue what I don't know. So I could step in there, I could go buy all the equipment, buy all the gear, hire the coach, look the part, get the outfit looking amazing. But when I step into the space where the sport is played, whether it's a court or a field or whatever, I have no clue what I'm in for because I don't know what I don't know. So I'm at this level of unconscious incompetence when it comes to that. And if you're at that level, then you just really have no clue. You might know what it is, but that's about the extent of it. You really don't know what it entails, how far you need to go, what things you need to do, what you need to learn, how much energy it's going to take. You have no clue. So you are starting blind if you're at that level, right? But from unconscious incompetence, you move to conscious incompetence, right? So following that example of me trying to play a sport, let's say softball for the sake of saying something. The first time I step into that field to try and play softball, I am quickly going to start becoming aware of the things that I don't know. I am quickly going to become aware of the fact that I don't know how to stand. I don't know how to hold a bat. I don't know what anything is called inside that space. I don't know which way you run, where the bases are. I know there's bases, but that's about it. Right? So I would quickly become very aware of the things that I don't know. Now, this is a great place to be because now you know what to work on and you can start setting a plan for what order you need to learn these things in and how far you need to practice in each one in order to learn it and move forward, right? So when I get to this level of conscious incompetence, I am actually gaining ground because now I know what I don't know and I know what I need to learn and I know what I need to practice and I know how far I need to go from where I'm standing and I can gauge more or less how much work it's going to take to get there. So that's the next step. The next one is conscious competence, right? So you go from unconscious incompetence, where you don't know what you don't know, you're starting blind, to conscious incompetence, where you're aware of what you don't know, to conscious competence. This is the third level. And at this level, I've already been learning things. But in order to do what I need to do, I need to be very aware of all the steps and everything that I need to do. So in order to have the proper stance, I need to put my feet here. I need to move my hips there. I need to hold my hands this way, right? So everything is mechanical, so to speak. And that's the stage where when you're learning to drive, they tell you to keep your hands at 10 and 2, keep your eyes on the road, right? So you are very um, technical, very structured and very systematic in what you do so that you don't miss anything because you know you can do it 
and you know what you need to do, but you're very conscious of the effort. You're very conscious of not missing any steps. You're very aware of the checklist, so to speak, of I've done this, now I need to uh, turn my attention to this other thing, now I need to do this other thing, right? So at that level of conscious competence, you can do the thing, but you have to put energy and thought into it. And then the final step, you can probably guess if you haven't looked at this before, it's unconscious competence. So at the level of unconscious competence, it's in you. You have that muscle memory if it's a sport or if it's anything else. You don't have to think about it. It's second nature to you. You can get up and do it and you know you can do it and you don't have to think about it. You just get up and go right now the thing about competence is that in order for you to learn confidence in order for you to move through those stages to get from unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence what you need to do is continued practice you need to continue to put yourself in the space where you can do the thing so you can become more and more aware of where you're at, what still needs to be worked on, and how to get there. So practice, constant engagement in the thing is what is going to get you to that level of clarity where you can unconsciously perform the task without thinking too much about it. The second thing to keep in mind when we're talking about can confidence be learned is the power and the importance of your physiology, of your body, of how your body looks, and acts and holds itself as you're moving towards confidence. Now, how do we recognize these people that we call confident? We usually recognize them by their walk, their stance, or their gaze, right? Now, a number of studies have been conducted on this, but there's even a study that I looked at a while ago. Um, I don't have all the data, but they studied the effect of someone who is walking with a confident on everybody around them and they found that if you are looking forward and moving in a confident stride like you know where you're going and you're determined to get there people will get out of your way try that the next time you're at the mall just keep walking forward looking ahead like you know exactly where you're going and nothing's going to stop you from getting there and you're going to see people move out of your way it's like parting the the red sea it's amazing and people do recognize from your stance, that confidence, from your gaze, where you look at, whether your eyes lock on other people or whether you avert your eyes and the way you just present yourself. And people talk about that air of confidence. It's not an air at all. It's your physiology and how you carry yourself. Now, as Amy Cuddy has explained beautifully, and you can go search her TED Talk, and I've talked about this before, learning to change your physiology so that it resembles confidence will in fact send your brain a message that will lead to more confidence and in this case we're talking about either self-assurance or confidence in a task right so whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish if you can put your body in a physiological state that demonstrates confidence you will convince your brain that it is confident, that it can do it. And this takes, again, practice, it takes time, and it takes a little bit of getting outside of your own head for a minute. Because at first, you're gonna be like, yeah, right, like if I just stand, uh," but try it. The next time you want to do something that you don't feel all that confident about, 
open your chest by pulling your shoulders back lift your chin and if you can stand with your hands on your hips they call it the superman stands stands right so stand that way for a second or two and smile and you will see how your demeanor shifts how your quote-unquote energy changes how the way you throw yourself to the task is completely different because suddenly your physiology is telling your brain wait a minute you're confident you can do this there's nothing standing in your way nobody will so changing or learning to mold and manage your physiology will also help you in learning how to be more confident because this is one of those what came first the chicken or the egg type of things right when you act in your physiology when you stand in a way that projects confidence those around you will see that they will sense that and they will respond to you as though you are someone who is confident who has the competence right and that will give you more assurance which in turn will allow you to have a physiology that projects confidence right so it's like a cycle it's a loop so start by working on what is easier to manage because we all know that quieting our brain is one of the hardest things we can ever do right and changing what we think is difficult even though we're going to talk about that in a second but if we start with our physiology which is really easy to control anybody no matter what what's happening around you you can Push your shoulders back, open your chest, chin up, breathe into your belly, and go, right? So work with your physiology to alter the way your mind is seeing what is happening in front of you. And then finally, we do have to talk about the mind, but I'm going to talk about it in a slightly different way. And I have addressed some of these things before. But when we're learning to be confident, what we need to work on is not so much our way of our thoughts in general, right? It's not so much our overall mindset. It's our self-talk and the questions we ask. If we ask better questions, we get better answers. And that is a, a very important skill to learn no matter what you do in life, right? If we ask better questions, we get better answers. So when it comes to mindset, the practice that will help us learn confidence is changing the way we talk ourselves to ourselves sorry, and the questions we ask about ourselves and the circumstances around us. So if you can become really aware of the things you tell yourself when you're in a space where you don't feel self-assured or confident, you're going to see that they tend to be very self-deprecating and very negative. So you tell yourself things like, you can't do this. What makes you think that you can? You don't know anything. They're going to find you out. You're a fraud. There's no way you can do this. We tell those types of things to ourselves, sometimes with a lot harsher language, right? Very oftentimes with a lot harsher um, language. So if you can shift that, if you can catch yourself in those thoughts and shift it to you're learning, this is awesome. It's a new experience. I can't wait to see how much I grow from this. This is going to be amazing, right? If you can shift to that, that is a very important first step. But see, that is really hard to do. The easiest thing to do is shift your questions and ask better questions. So if instead of asking yourself, what do you think you're doing? Why are you here? 
what are you about to put yourself through, right? You stop, you become aware of it, and you say to yourself, okay, thank you, but let's ask this question instead. What am I learning here? What can I gain from this? What is the best next thing that I can do to move me forward? Who can help me with this? There's an answer out there. Where can I go to look for it? Questions like that will put you in a place of empowerment because they will move you forward to find answers. And once you find an answer that is actionable, that is productive, you will move forward. And your mindset will eventually catch up with that physiology that we're working on. So if we can start being very well aware of those questions that we ask that are that lead to a conversation where we put ourselves down, where we are self-deprecating, where we kick ourselves, right? And we don't do anything. And we can shift them to questions that move us to action and that help us find the possibility and the positive in the situation. Then we can start shifting and moving more into both self-assurance and confidence. So if we are looking to increase and learn confidence, whether it is the level of self-assurance where we know that we can figure things out and that whatever is in front of us, we can solve the issue and we can face the challenge and get to the other side successfully, or whether it is confidence in a particular task or skill, in order to get to that level where we feel confident, we just need to look at three key things. First, what level of competence am I in right now? And what do I need to do to move up to the next level? Through practice, right? What kinds of practices can I do? What kinds of activities can I engage in that are going to take me to that next level of competence? Then, how can I alter my physiology to help me feel and act more confident and more self-assured in this space and then finally what questions can I ask myself that will lead to empowerment and action instead of leading to self-deprecation and freezing what questions what new inquiries can I make of myself that will move me forward that is how we learn confidence I want to sincerely thank you for spending this time with me today. I know you have a million things you could be doing, so I appreciate you tuning in. If you have found value in this conversation, please share it with others. And as a thank you, I'd like to invite you to download a free copy of my Tough Talks checklist, which will walk you through how to transform even the most difficult conversations into tools for connection, respect, and collaboration. Simply visit marciamaro.com for details. Until next time, I'm Marcia Amaro, and this has been Sincerely Speaking.